Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Second and goal. Pass. Ha! Got it. Touchdown. This guy has had some year. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen. Anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? Wow, what a drive. Fourth and one. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams, Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. But the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays. And no, I'm not here by myself, but I did do a little studio reorganizing. So hopefully everything's working properly. Justin and I tried to run through before we started airing, and things seem to be working okay. So if you're having any problems while watching or listening to us, please let me know, and I will try to fix it. But I think, I think I got everything going. But Justin is here with me, and let me pull him up. And uh, still working on some camera angles, and the uh, the studio reorganization isn't quite finished, but we're getting there. Things are close. But I'm I'm sure I'm sure if things are working, we'll get the uh, text from your dad saying yes. that uh, <laughs> he wishes this mic and, and camera weren't working. But uh, yeah, it, you know what? On our end, it seems to be all right. I don't know if you've ever watched Twitch streamers. Not often. But, I mean, technically we're Twitch streamers. Yeah. So no one watches us on Twitch, but I wanted to make sure we had it there. Right. So in that case. if we ever blow up, we're already yeah, there. No. You can find us. Um, but do please subscribe to us on YouTube. You are the Boy uh, Scout. On, you on are prepared. Twitch. Yeah. Uh, we're on, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all, all kind of things. But there's a thing on Twitch with, like, redemptions and how cool would it be to, if you got a large enough following here that they could tip us money to, for me to mute you? Or, or me. Like, we could do it, too. Just you I'm, don't get to talk for a minute or something like I'm, that. I'm all for this. Like, could I'm we, could we drive? Could we get people that think we're annoying enough to pay us to not talk? I think you might be onto something. I, I, maybe. <laughs> I, we, we might be able to. So, um, yeah. So, I reorganized things. Got a new desk. Um, appreciate uh, the help and support from my dad and May Sandwich Shop for sponsoring the show. And for my brother-in-law, Jason, for taking my old desk off my own hands, didn't have to recycle it or trash it. Because it was a nice desk. It just, yeah. I just kind of got tired of it, and I needed a change. And, and here we are with different things. Uh, a little cluttered behind me yet, don't have the bookcases together, but um, 
yeah, just a little bit of a different look. And I see if I can have, so you can kind of see how we're set up here. Um, so Justin's across from me. It makes it a little bit more accessible or easier when we have a guest on. And oh, yeah. uh, that will be happening probably a couple times over the next uh, six to eight weeks. We are obviously going to reach out to Chad Henney to see if we can get him back on the show. We tried to get it work out last year. It didn't work out. So hopefully this year at some point in the next uh, you know month or two. Also, our 20... He's, he's a little busy right he's now. He's a little busy. I don't want to interrupt him at the moment, but uh, that is in the works, and we hope to have him back on the show. He called in two years ago, and he was on the sh on the Bulldog Hour three years ago, and it's actually been four years since he technically had been in studio with us on this show. And three years ago when he was here, you, you were out sick. Yeah, uh, did did yeah. you call in for that show? I think I did. Okay, yeah, yeah but you weren't able to be here in person. Um so we'd like to get him back here to talk with us, but also the 2022 March Madness Bracket Challenge winner, Andy Hoffert. Uh, we're working with him to pick a date for him to appear on the show uh, to finally fulfill uh, what we owe to him for winning the Bracket Challenge last year. He already got his shirt months ago, uh, last year at some point, but we are working with him on getting a date. I believe he wants to talk about Penn State football, though, and we will be able to do that maybe a little bit better or with more clarity as we get closer to the blue and white game, which is scheduled for Saturday, April 15th. So I think, you know, working maybe mid end March or early to mid April before or after Easter, possibly we'll get Andy on here. And by then we'll have already have another bracket challenge winner in the queue. So we'll see who that will be as long as it's not my sister, you know, I'm sure we'll be good with that. You know, I was thinking, Justin, it would be fun to have another episode with the dads again. It would be. It uh, would years be. ago, they both tied to win the bracket yes. challenge. So we got to have them both on. So it would be fun to have, um, have Jeff and Bill on again. Uh, that was, uh, one of our most watched shows was the dads. Then unfortunately my sister produced an audience for some reason, uh, Natalie, the, two weeks ago, did really well, too. We had a lot of interactivity. She seen Austin's reaction on Monday when I told him, uh, Natalie was on the show with us last night. He was like, oh, my god!" Well, technically, he was on the show like the week before. Yes, yes. Um, not sitting in front of the microphone, right, but right. Uh, we had video of them opening cards. Uh, speaking of cards, there was another great Westlawn Owls card show this weekend sponsored by 610 Collectibles and a friend of the show, John Christian, yep. uh, bought a few things from his... 610 Collectibles booth at the show. Natalie wanted to rip some modern packs, so bought a few of those. And in her baseball card pack, she got a on-card out of 50 gold autograph. That's uh, awesome. Zach Plessick, the pitcher yeah. from the Guardians. That's awesome. Uh, so she was really excited about that. Because a lot of times when I buy the packs, I give her the cards that are, you know, our base and not, not interesting. Not the but one I out of keep, 50. Yeah, yeah, I keep, but I was like, this is your pack. Whatever you get it. And it had a gold autograph. And it's actually sitting right over there because I told her I wanted to get her a nice case yeah, for yeah. it. But that was a lot of fun. There is one more show by the Westlawn Owls as a fundraiser uh, sponsored by 610 Collectibles. will be the first Saturday in March, which I think is the fourth as well. Yes. So Saturday, March 4th from, I believe it's 9 to 1. I think it's 9 to 1. It starts at 9 o'clock. And it's a small room. It's a small show. But there was a lot of people there walking awesome. around the tables. And you got everything. You have, you know, the bins that are, are, are dime to a quarter to a buck where you can just get a whole bunch for for kids. You know, for my daughter was great. Austin, yeah. uh, just, you know, get cards that they like. Just, hey, go through this, see what you like, pull them out. And then, of course, there's, there's some... 
there's some big hitter cards there. Yeah. I know uh, John at 610 Collectibles has a Joe Burrow rookie patch autograph collegiate flawless. So it's his LSU card, on-card auto. I think it's out of five. And it could could push ten grand if 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 you sell it at the right time. Right. So I, it's probably at a minimum shouldn't go for any less than five to six right now. But I know if Burrow would have made the Super Bowl again this year, right. that card's that is a huge card. Right. So I saw it there first time in person. I got. To I'd see have it. to be explaining to Austin why we cannot buy that card. <laughs> Yeah, as the Bengals fan, that would be oh, now, Joe it's not, Burrow. Yeah, it's LSU. Yeah, does, but he liked. But... He, that's that was what he liked. He liked Joe Burrow when he played for LSU because they were the Tigers. And then when Burrow <laughs> went to the Bengals, the Tiger to Tiger, that was it. That was the the nail in that coffin. So yeah, yeah, good for him. So I think that's all like house cle- housekeeping, house cleaning that I had here. Uh, and announcement-wise, we are going to do a show next week. I should say this now. We'll say it at the end, too. We will have a show next week. Obviously, we're not doing it on Sunday because it's the Super Bowl. We will do it the day before so we can properly preview the Super Bowl. Final thoughts, you know, 24 hours before the game hits. It's looking to be probably Saturday afternoon, late afternoon. Uh, we'll, we'll post about it when we're going to have it. But our next show, episode 370, will be next Saturday, February 11th. Uh, probably like between 3 and 4 o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood. But we have two conference championship games to recap. We do. We know who's playing in Super Bowl 57. It's in Arizona, and it will be featuring Joe Burrow. Oh, no, sorry. The Bengals lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in a good game. There were tears in Very my exciting. Yeah, I'm sorry, Austin. That was, uh, you know, we exchanged some texts about yeah. uh, his reaction, and we yeah. said, been there, bud. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, uh, in all honesty, that was kind of the talk that actually reeled him back in, you know, like, and it was more the frustration of the moment, you know, like just, you know, they're lining up for the kick that you, that you know, they're going to make yeah. and you just, that was, it was enough. But. Well, Harrison Bucker had struggled earlier this year and was yeah. actually injured for a bit. So it wasn't as automatic as, as right. maybe, honestly, the uh, the pessimist in me, and right. I think I'm sure Austin was thinking the same way, he's absolutely going to make right. this kick. Right. And, and he did, but... Um, right, but like I was also having flashbacks of me doing the exact same thing and then Cody Parkey double-doinking it, which... A lot of people forget the the one Eagles guy, and it was just a special teams guy, got a finger on that kick. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I was I was distraught because I'm like, they, they were in prevent defense, and the Bears got right down into field goal range. And I was like, here we go. And they didn't make it, so. So my dad did confirm he would pay us to not have you talk. <laughs> so, um yeah, well, I mean, I got bookcases I got to get, so if that money needs to start rolling in... Well, maybe that's the money he saved on not having to buy a conference championship shirt this year, uh, you know? Oh, boy. He, he's uh, How much money for me to mute him, Dad? Let me let me know. I Look, I can... Look, watch. I can just turn on... It's gone. He's got it at his... Uh, it's right the there. The button is right there. I, I can do it quickly and easily. So you just... You show me the money, and, uh, and, and I'll make it happen, but... Yeah, so we're we'll get to the Eagles. Let's let's stick with the, the night game, the more exciting of the two games, the one that produced what was it, fifty some million viewers yeah. for CBS. Yeah, huge game because it was between two big star quarterbacks, right. two teams that have 
been very good all year long and last year. And it was a close game up until the, the final kick. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, you couldn't have asked for much more if you were CBS or the NFL f- right. from that game. Now, the the officiating the the talk from people of there being a script or it being rigged. Right. I was going to make that comment. I was going to be like, couldn't have scripted it any better. <laughs> I, I don't have patience for those people right. because it's absurd. Right. It's the same type of conspiracy theory BS that you get around the ridiculous ones like, well, people who think the earth is flat or those who don't believe we landed on the moon or that 9-11 was an inside job. Like those, I don't have time for those. I don't have time for people saying the NFL is rigged either because it's the it's a huge eye roll moment for me. There is absolutely no I, way. I did laugh at some no of the way. players' takes like and their tweets on things like, you know, like the one where it's like, um, I'm drawing a blank, but like, like Marlon Humphrey, who sends out a lot of ridiculous stuff on Twitter, but is like, yeah, it was scripted that I gave up 200 yards to Justin Jefferson, you know, like, and just like things like yeah. that. Like, th- yeah, I like that. That's right, funny. Right. That's the ones funny. making fun or the ones where it's like, it's like a guy like raising his eyebrows and smiling. And it's like Nick Foles when he reads like the 2017 script, you know, like mm. just stuff like that is, is just, that's right. funny to me. Um, but yes, like the whole idea that it's script or rigged, like, and I think you said this and look, if they could rig it, they're not going to, if it was rigged, they would not be having Kansas city and Cincinnati. I, I know people are like, well, they're two of the biggest teams. Yeah. But they're like not the biggest, right? Right. And you know, they wouldn't. San Francisco. I know the other game, San Francisco wouldn't have been down to the third string quarterback in the first place. You know, like, it wouldn't have been San Francisco. If they right. were scripted, it would have been Philly-Dallas. Right. Like, 100%. Right. I know San Francisco is one of the probably top five's most right. notorious but, NFL teams but because not, of their they run. They wouldn't have passed on that matchup. But you not, don't pass on Philadelphia-Dallas. Right. Like, and, and to be honest, even with even with the week before, the Vikings don't beat the Giants. I know the Giants are the New York market, but, like, the Vikings with Justin Jefferson and that off, like, no, they wouldn't have... No, it, it, it's right. it's ludicrous. Right. Also, just think about the number of people who would have to be in on it. Like the, the I, sheer I number of people you would How have. How many to- times have we had the conversation? usually about things that we don't even really want to talk about with the NFL about how you can't get everybody on the same page. Whether we're talking about 32 owners or whether we're talking about a couple thousand players. You can never get everybody on the same page. No. For anything, let alone this, when somebody would have a chance to make money off of that, like releasing that, like that, obviously never. No, it's preposterous. Well, and and okay, the kind of come back. The officiating was poor at times. Yeah, but like there's they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like just because the officiating is bad doesn't mean it's rigged. It's not rigged, but the officiating can still be bad, or or that it needs to be better. Because I, the one issue that I have with people railing on the officials is the Mahomes late hit. That, that was, was very clearly right. a late hit. And it wasn't like they were just run into. If it's just run into, that's one thing. He, he, he shoved him. And he was multiple steps out of bounds. Like, you extend your arm. If he has his arms up, you know how they do when they try to not get the blindside yeah. block or whatever? He does that. They don't call it. Right. Even if Mahomes still hits the ground, they don't call it. Right. But he extended, he shoved him. Right. Like, so, and, and 
I feel bad for the dude, like because he's oh, yeah. just trying to make a play. He's not thinking, "Oh, I'm going to hit him late." Yeah, he's I think not- it was second year man out of Texas, Joseph right, Asai, right. who had a great game, right. great game for yes. him, and just made one simple, easy mistake. And I know, right. like people are, are saying, "Well, his momentum was ca-. yeah," but like he didn't need to do what him. he did. Right. If he runs into him with his arms up, right. they don't call they it. They don't call it. They don't call it. Or they may throw the flag, but they pick it up. I, I, I don't. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as obvious or severe. Right. But he clearly right. pushes him a or step even, and a half and honestly, out of bounds. I'd be willing to hear your frustration then. I'd be willing to hear your frustration on it. But he shoved him. You can't do that. No. We see guys get called when the guy's inbounds. You know, like, and not that, I, that frustrates me, but we see that all the time. The guy's inbounds and they get called. He had two steps out of bounds. Like, you can't do that, especially when you know he just wants the field goal. The other one, and probably the bigger one, especially for the rigged crowd, right. was the third down do-over, which right. I don't even like it wasn't a them calling that because that play never happened. Right. Just because we which saw... Which happens all the time it, it, in the NFL. Right. And Every I time they say, before the snap. I don't understand why people... It's people that just want to believe it's rigged. Right. It'll make them feel better because their team lost or because they don't like the Chiefs or whatever it is. Those type of things happen more often than not. Now, usually the full play doesn't happen. Granted, right, I right, get that. Right. But it's very obvious in the – I'm going to call it all 22, but it's right. not the all 22 angle. It's a, it's right, a zoomed out line. angle right. you could see where the, you could see the what, guy running back in. judge or yeah. whoever that is. He's Now, should he have done it faster and with his arms going cra- – maybe, but right. he's still clearly doing it. Right. And um, what is the, the, the head ref's name? I want to say – was it – Torbert? Yeah, yeah. He he explains that we blew the play dead just because right. they couldn't hear the whistles because, as we heard all week, Arrowhead is loud. So you're not always going to hear the whistles. But if they're doing it, they're not going to let the play happen because if anyone did hear it and, and stopped and playing, what? just like any it impacts other the play, play when the whistles are going, who knows how that play would have turned out because somebody probably heard the whistle. Oh. Someone. You know, like it happens all the time. Right. Like, oh, that... No, it was, you know, like... Oh, and also, the Chiefs didn't do anything on that drive. No. Like, it didn't matter. It had no bearing on the game. Did it look bad at first? Sure. But as soon as they showed the replay of the refs stopping the play right. or attempting to stop the play, that's all. That I, I didn't it. need anything right. else. I, I just don't know why we're focused on that. I have been laughing as I have gotten extremely hooked on New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey. They're hilarious. It's awesome to hear two future Hall of Famers talking about that life in the NFL and just everything that goes on with players and teams and facilities and coaches and in-game antics. It's been fantastic, but they always have been the last few weeks leading up to the conference championship games even talking about rigged and script in a joking manner because they they know it's ridiculous, it's ludicrous, but they were playing it up leading into these games, and I told you as soon as the next episode started after the conference championship game, one of their first things they say is talking about uh, the game was the the games were rigged or scripted <laughs> so just quick side note on them and and i'm doing this off the top of my head so like it's this is a really really tough question to answer like on the spot but are they maybe gonna go down as the best sibling duo in nfl history well i mean oh, based on the fact that i assume that both of them will make the hall of fame well peyton and eli i feel like Fair enough. It, it, it's going to be tough because they're both quarterbacks. Yes. Um, yeah. So that probably trumps a tight end right. and a center right. in terms of optics and the way it's promoted. 
having them both play against each other in the Super Bowl kind of takes it to another another level, right? Which is awesome and is fun. It's funny. I was watching the interview that they did back in either end of October, early November, a kind of a, a, a spinoff. It wasn't part of the, the main feed, but still counted in the way they numbered the episodes with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And Travis Kelsey sat down with Patrick Mahomes in I don't know, some studio somewhere. I don't know if it's a chief's facility at, at Kelsey's house or if they rent something. But apparently at some point, I don't know if it was for this interview, but at some point when Jason visited, he wasn't allowed in the chief's facility. They were like, no. And you're not allowed on. But then I'm watching the Jalen Hurts interview, and Travis is there with them <laughs> yeah. during the Chiefs bye week, but in the Eagles facility. It's 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 funny. I, I recommend if you like listening to podcasts or or uh, they have a video version on YouTube right. as well, which is what I've been watching. It's very well done, very well produced. Um, Audio is great. The pictures and, and video that they show is awesome. The segments are fun. Uh, it is about two hours each episode. Uh, check it out. Check it out. It's New Heights. Uh, with uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey. The reason I got hooked on is is I had seen it and you had been sharing with me. They've been talking about the Chad Henney football because yes, they have been yes. trying to track down. And I said immediately on Twitter that night when Travis threw it into the stands, uh, um, our buddy Dustin Miller right, told like, me. that ended 19 rows. Well, yeah, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize he had done right. that. I was just so excited that Chad had thrown the touchdown. And, and yeah, Dustin was like, yeah, he tossed that into the stands. I'm like, oh, I hope someone gets in that ball. And there were a few false alarms here and there, but – they went on the show like asking, hey, whatever Chiefs fan has this right. football getting contact. And supposedly they had gotten contact, but they didn't want to have to do this during the lead up to the conference right, championship right. games. So and they mentioned it on this past week's episode, too, that they were going to try to um, do a swap. And he was listen, listed all kinds of stuff that the, the dude who has the football is going to get from I think he, Travis Kelsey has his gloves where they caught the touchdown with. He's going to try to get a Chad Henney to sign a jersey for him. Uh, and I think they were going to give him new height swag. Like there was a whole like right, a list right. of of stuff that the guy who has the the Henny touchdown ball was going to get. And it, and it's a big deal because it's Chad Henny's first postseason touchdown pass, and he's played. You know, this is his fifteenth year in the NFL, so it's a big deal. So Travis wanted to get it back for him, and hopefully we'll find out, and maybe we can find out from Chad right, in a few weeks right. that he has that football. But yeah, so check out New Heights. It's it's great if you like podcasts and and football. Hearing the two brothers talk, they have such great chemistry. Uh, it's really phenomenal. So I'm very much looking forward to the episode after the Super Bowl because one of them is going to be very disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Do and you have- like just seeing the ones? And I I don't know how far back you went, but there was ones. Uh, it was after Jason didn't have a Jason had a bad game, and there were a couple like bad snaps. He talks and, about how he's not a good snapper. And, well, and then. Travis brought it up on the show and Jason walked off and then like they came back and he like apologized. He's just like, but he was like choked up, but he's like, I take this so seriously. He's like, and I, he didn't say I sucked, but he's like, you know, I screwed up and I'm still like mad. Like, you you know, like he, he had a couple of mistakes in the game and just how much that meant to him that he had not played his best. And, um, so like it, yeah, I, I really like the Kelsey brothers. I love the bits and pieces that I get here and there. Um, I need to start looking at it more. I just haven't done that yet. But I know we didn't fully cover Chiefs Bengals completely. Right. I don't have much else to say. The but, biggest thing was the talk about it yes. being rigged and then wanting the Chiefs to win in the officiating. Officiating right. wasn't great. Right. It could be better. But we could do a whole show on part, that. Part of me is like, look, 
the Chiefs were playing three rookies at, at, at defensive back for the majority of the game, and you scored 20 points. Uh, they And they played great. They did. They, they did. But, like, you've got a phenomenal – like, if, if any part of, of the Chiefs was going to be struggling, that should be a spot that the Bengals are able to exploit. You know what right. I mean? Like, that should be a matchup. And even after that game, if you look at it on, on that matchup, I'm, I'm favoring the Bengals every time, and they just couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, now, in part because the Bengals' offensive line is, was banged up, and the Chiefs, Chris Jones especially, and some of those other guys were just able to wreak havoc on them. And yeah, like it, it just turned out that way. Like I said, there were there were tears at at my house, um, you know. And I talked to Austin, and I said that's part of that's part of how it goes, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and. You know, after the Eagles win a couple more here, if the Bengals got one here and there, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> You'd be willing to uh, say it's it's your turn now, right, too. Right. How about the Dolphins get one between, in there, then? Be, between the Eagles' next couple three-peats, you know, like if we have to break <laughs> it up. throw Joe Burrow a bone? Right, yeah, you know. Uh, as long as it's not a Bengals-Dolphins matchup along the way. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and it happens in a few years, Austin's older, we're going to sit down and you guys will have to watch that together. <laughs> As hey. I just sit here, literally the popcorn meme just me. <laughs> so that's funny because you bring that up, but I was thinking if it was Bengals, Eagles in the Super Bowl, I wanted to be there to document oh that gosh. you two watching the Super Bowl and then do a super cut of it for the epi- for the yeah, show. It was... And then when the Bengals won, have Austin come on here and talk about oh the, the, the Super Bowl championship that his team just won beating his dad's Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I felt bad for him that the Bengals did not win. I am not sorry that I don't have to go through that this, <laughs> right. at this point yet. Yeah. Well, so I guess we, we didn't touch on it all that Patrick Mahomes is playing on a, a bum leg. Dude, dude is so good. So unbelievable. He gave a lot of props. Well, I guess it was Travis Kelsey giving props to the athletic trainers for help with his back because he was yeah. having back spasms yeah. leading up to the game. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes had a high ankle sprain and we've seen that take like three to six weeks depending right. on the severity some people have required surgery on yeah. that which yeah. i don't really know how that works if it's not broken while right. you're getting surgery i i wanted to ask uh kiernan well, sometimes they get that uh, like that like the the tua one where they go in and they put the screws in and they tighten it like artificially they tighten the ligaments yeah <laughs> yeah um but i mean he powered through and now he's got another week off before the super bowl yeah. I, I, like i have nothing against the Bengals, but obviously i was pulling for the chiefs i wanted to see the chiefs get there. i'll let austin know <laughs> <laughs> mostly for chad like no, i wanted I, to see chad right. make the game again have a chance to win another super bowl which just be fantastic I have nothing against Burrow and the Bengals right now. Like they beat my Dolphins this year, but it it was early in the season. Like I just I don't have anything against the Bengals. Right. The Bengals are honestly my second team growing up. Outside of the Dolphins, like I was a big Bengals fan it's because uh Kajana Carter went first. Was it first overall to them? Yeah. Or was he second? I think he went first overall. Uh, and unfortunately, that blew up in, in, in their faces because of his injuries, unfortunately, towards ACL right at the beginning of his first year. Uh but I was always a big Bengals fan. I had you know, those it's little. It's a shame too because if that happened now, like he'd probably rebound and yeah, he'd be back he'd the be next back. season. Yeah, uh, I mean, we saw Cam Akers last year tear his Achilles and play yeah. in the same season. Right. Now, I know that happened over the summer, right. but he but was it's back just so with the different playoffs. now. Those injuries yeah. are so different. Yeah, completely. Uh, and advancements in medical science and athletic training and, and everything that goes into that. 
it would be it would be interesting to see if players like him and so many others that have suffered yeah. catastrophic injuries in the, in the 80s and 90s what it would be like right. if it happened now but growing up you could buy those like youth jersey helmet sets yeah which I, i've so showed you before yep. i have a dolphin yeah. set and a Bengals set right. I, I i pulled it out last year when the Bengals made the super bowl so I, you know if it wasn't for the chad henny factor i probably would have been pulling for the Bengals. but andy reed patrick Mahomes, like travis kel like i like the chiefs yeah you know so i this have is the nothing problem. against this is them. the problem i like the chiefs too <laughs> like i i like well, the chiefs i i love andy reed I like Travis Kelsey. I like Patrick Mahomes. Chad's on the team. Like I know, obviously, you're pulling for the Eagles 100%. Yes, yes. But if you had to pick a team for them to lose the Super Bowl to, would the Chiefs be so, the team? So here's the thing. like The only team the Eagles have faced in the Super Bowl in my lifetime is the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. So right. like that's that's an easy. It's, it's the exact opposite. Right. right. It's, it's the team that's easy to hate. I'm sorry, Rich, but like it's the team that's <laughs> you're easy. not sorry. Right. I'm sorry if you're offended. <laughs> the, the celebrity apology there. Um, you you know what I mean? Like it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. So like here's the thing. I would like to think as a 38 year old man, I'm I'm a big enough man to to say yes when this is over next Sunday night that. Win or lose, I'll be like, yeah, you know. If we're going to lose, I'm glad it was to this team. Well, so here's the thing. Mahomes, if I rank them in those things, like I like Mahomes, but that's down there on the list because he's not my team's quarterback. Like if he wins, great. If he doesn't, so be it. Chad on the team, like I'd be really happy for Chad. Yeah. The thought has crossed my mind that Chad already cost my team a chance at a – at a championship in in college in 2000 yeah rough 2005 yeah 2005 yeah um and i was there i was there for that you were there in person man imagine Um, if we had this show then it's probably good for everyone that we did not (laughs) um so but okay so there's that you know like i'd be very happy for chad I'd be really happy for Andy Reid. I heard some national people say like this will be interesting because like philly fans are really divided on Andy Reid who like i'm not saying you can't find any because that you know those gross generalizations but they're not i every eagle fan that like i know and like actually talk to we i've never heard an eagles right, they fans like andy. say anything bad about right. andy were people frustrated when they lost 3 in a row and then you lose the super bowl yes but like it was time for andy it it, it was the perfect example it worked for both it worked for both um, and Andy, and again, this is my bias. I mean, Andy is the second greatest coach of the generation and a hall of fame coach. Um, I think he sealed that when he made, when he won the Super Bowl in Kansas city, but his numbers compare favorably to everyone minus Belichick, you know, who, who is better numbers than everybody. You know, I, I just think. I, I like Andy. I, I like the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I, I think if if I had to pick a team to lose to, I pick a team that I can be happy for a number. See, so the only thing I would say, and there's more factors there. It's just how do I rank these factors? If it was the Bengals, Austin would be really happy. You right. Know, like, that's so true. like. Yeah. I, I would be really just knowing how excited I am. And my NFL team never won the Super Bowl when I was little. Right. You know what I mean? 
scratch that. My teams never won a championship when I was little. Yeah. Um, I got so like you, you know you know what I mean like so I. But outside of that, and there are more reasons. Like I said, there are more reasons I'd be happy because Austin rooting for the Bengals is the only reason I'd be happy. That the right. Bengals would win. Right. Yeah. Whereas the Chiefs, there are more reasons. Sure. And more that are like directly more me personal related. Right. Yeah. Like my rooting interests, but. I would be happy for Austin in, in that instance, but yes, the Chiefs would be that that list. And now, and I hope that the outcome of the game is one of those where, you know, I still feel that way on Sunday night in a way that it doesn't matter because the Eagles won. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. I hope I can be a very gracious winner. <laughs> Next Sunday. <laughs> well, the great thing is you won't even get to talk about it because we have a preview on Saturday next week. Right. No show, Super Bowl Sunday night. Although, to be fair, win or lose, I'll probably be up all night. So, uh, <laughs> so we could do I'll, I'll a live by. reaction show. But then the weekend after that, oh no, there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a weekend there. We have the 19th. Right, I was thinking right. we were doing Bulldog Hour the week after Super Bowl. We're not. So we will have a Super Bowl recap on the 19th before we do Bulldog Hour on the 26th. But I may um, or may not be here. <laughs> so I have a, uh, a story akin to uh, the childhood thing you yeah. mentioned about none of our teams won right, when we right. were younger. Um, so while I tell that, you can have a piece of the, uh, the trading card gum. Uh, That's older than all of our kids. <laughs> so that's, combined, that probably. stick of gum, I believe, is from 1990. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna turn up your mic so we can <laughs> now remember that gum used to be soft. I I did this uh, a few years ago when um actually a, a listener and fan of the show, John Rogers, sent down old wax packs of cards. Uh I believe mostly football. There might have been some baseball in there, but I opened them up and the girls are like, what's that? I'm like, that's gum. They used to put gum in trading card packs. And they were like, oh man, that's so old. (laughs) I was like, I'll eat it. And they're like, what? Before they could even like react, I popped it in my mouth and I took a bite and they were like, oh, that's so gross. It's like 30 years old. I'm like, yeah. So what? What's it going to do? It's it's gum. It was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, Here, would you like to spit it out? I have a, I can get you a tissue here. There you go. You can spit that out. (laughs) I told him before the show that, that that's why I had it sitting there for him. There is actually some thicker ones, too. I wonder what it would be like chewing oh, this, like, yeah. pro-set stuff from uh, – actually, this might be from 1990. I don't know what the stuff – when this could have been actually from 1984. So that might even be more impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before before I was born, you were a few months yeah. old when these yeah. cards came out. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so now Justin and I both have eaten very old trading card gum. But the story <laughs> was – about the the Philadelphia curse of William Penn, the the statue oh, yeah, of William yeah. Penn, where the last Philly team to win a championship, I believe, was the Sixers in '83. Yeah, and at that time, you know, William Penn statue was the high one of the highest points or the highest point in the city. It, it looked over yep. uh, over everything; nothing was higher than it. And then they built a bunch of buildings that were yeah. taller than it. And then finally, in like the mid to late 2000s, I believe in. 07 or maybe even finished in 08 early 08 the comcast building went up right. and they put a william penn like yes. little statue yes. on top of the building oh, yeah the iron workers like put it up there and what happened later that year the philly won the world the series right. and uh, i've told that story mm-hmm. to natalie and haley before but they just asked about it again I don't, oh uh, natalie's learning about william penn oh, in, okay, in history okay. class and she asked about i think about 
something relating to she heard something relating to sports and William Penn, right. and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's about the curse. That's but, awesome. You know, it's one of the, she's like, do you believe in that? I was like, it's all coincidence, but it's fun. Like oh, I right, like it. Right. So you talk about the you know the Cubs stuff, the Red Sox right. stuff, like curse busting. Those stories well, are fun. Thing, like so, there you go. Like the Red Sox one, and we talk about this all the time. Before Boston were Boston, like when they were the lovable losers, right? right? Like that 04 Boston, like that series. I remember at college we were watching, and like, oh, yeah. fantastic. You were just watching every. We were watching every out. Like yeah. it was just crazy, and so much drama. And then like you're down coming three back, and you're like, they're not, they're not the going to actually come back, right? They're not actually, yeah. and then they do, and it was just, it was nuts. It was well, nuts. It was, you know, think about it. It was before we had the taste of victory with the Phillies, which would be four years later. That we knew the Phillies were trending in the right direction, but they hadn't made the playoffs yet. We so we were latching on to. Well, everyone hates the Yankees unless you're a Yankees fan, right? The Red Sox are the Yankees were still very closely removed to that where they uh, won all the time, right? It was the late '90s, early 2000s, and this was right near the tail end of that stuff. So, and. I, at least for both of us, and I'm sure plenty of Phillies fans, Boston had the same you could relate. suffering, yeah. you yeah. know, at least baseball-wise. I know the Patriots had won a couple Super Bowls at right. this point with Brady and Belichick, but the Red Sox was something that everyone in the country could kind of rally behind right. because you didn't like the Yankees. You didn't want them to keep winning. You didn't like like them. The Red Sox hadn't won in 100 years or whatever, and they are just – there were a lot of – Interesting characters and personalities on those teams, you know, uh, the Kurt Schilling, you know, love or hate him. Like that was a huge part of that. But then you got Manny, you got Ortiz and you got Veritech, um, uh, Tim Wakefield. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Damon, like just thinking about all these guys on the Red Sox team. That was the year I went to Boston and saw the Phillies play is 2004. Uh, Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So watching that, it was just, it was just so fun. And it just, you could feel the energy um, when they toppled the Yankees a year after the Yankees walked it up with Aaron mm-hmm. freaking Boone, right? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the Red Sox, did they sweep the Cardinals then yeah. in that 04 yeah. World and Series? Cinema masterpiece Fever Pitch. You remember that? Yeah, it was being filmed at they that to, time. They had to rewrite they re- the ending. Yep, they because, rewrote the ending because yeah. they won the World Series. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed that movie. I thought, it was, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon yeah, exactly. and um, Drew Barrymore, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, a lot of fun, but that was the the curse of Billy Penn, the curse of William Penn, as I talked to Natalie about just yesterday. So that was good. So we got about twenty minutes left. So let's talk about the Eagles game. Okay. There it wasn't as much on the field to talk about, at least in terms of it being a good game, because it got out of hand. The Eagles won thirty-one to seven. The biggest storyline was the injuries to the 49ers, specifically Brock Purdy, because it happened so early. Right. Uh, it happened on one of the great plays by the Eagles defense. Hassan Reddick came in and ended up strip sacking Brock Purdy, and, and, and that ended up tearing Purdy's UCL in his elbow, and he's out for at least six months. He's not getting full Tommy John surgery. I believe he is having some form of surgery. Right. And then um, – therapy and recovery he's looking to probably not be ready until close to training cap if not into the preseason so 49ers and their quarterbacks and what to do again that could be a whole nother show but in terms of eagles 49ers unfortunately it was a dud of a game the eagles felt like they were in control by and large from start to finish officiating issues in that game as well we Briefly talked about it, uh, probably via text, but now we get a chance to talk about the officiating and, and the use of replay and challenges and things like that. 
immediately, and I texted this to you the day after the game, I said, I put most of the blame on this situation, not on the NFL and the officials and the replay. I don't understand how you're Kyle Shanahan and you don't challenge that play. When right. you see Devontae Smith signaling to the team that to we need to up. run a play. To and right. Jason Kelsey on New Heights says they have a play designed so that if you think a play can get turned over by replay, well, and, you run this play. If you see it. He's signaling he's, it immediately. He's not just yelling. He's making the signal. He's making the signal. Like, this is their signal for that play. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Not just like, oh, hurrying so, up. Like, And a couple things. One. Good on the Eagles for having that, being prepared for that moment. And two, like you said, and here's the thing. It's not like Shanahan only had a second or two to do it. Like, I, I know. No, he had, it, he it had to quick, have close to 10. Right. For everyone to run up there, for them to spot the ball, for them to get, like, you have you have a chance. And I know that's probably not fast enough for your your booth, like the team replay guy right. who's no, watching it's not. it. It's not. To tell you, yeah, you should challenge. But if you see a guy who just made a catch hurry everyone right. up to the line how are you not throwing that fight? oh I, right. it's early you don't oh, want to lose a challenge you don't your, want to waste one the of time your defenders out. that was right there was waving no catch when he first went over now it doesn't help that defenders do that literally every time so that doesn't help you know the ball could not hit the ground you know and somebody could just catch it in the air and then put a knee down and the defenders will wave that it was incomplete but yeah throw the challenge flag like that's that's literally it, what it's it was. For. A, a simple, and I, I'm sure he had reasoning for it. I right. didn't see all right. of it, but and he, he his reason was he didn't. They didn't get to see the replay. In time. To me, that's an excuse. You know why they didn't get to see the replay in time is because the Eagles were hurrying up. Because because right. Smith said he's like he said I didn't know if I caught it or not, which I get in that play. Oh like, yeah, you always you don't think know. you catch yeah. it, but he said I didn't. It know. It could be rubbing on the ground. Right. You would have right. no idea. Right. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. The point of view at the Wilson Harrisburg game, yes. where super freshman who's already getting like power yeah, one, division these, one yeah, offers in the ACC already right. at a minimum, Elias Koch. I think he got a Big Ten one two weeks did he? ago, too. I think he made what he thought was a catch, and from the ref behind him, it was a catch. Right. But to us on the Wilson sideline where he caught it, right. I could clearly see him right. pin it to the ground. Well, and and just a perfect example, like on you, like I texted you at that moment, I was like, I couldn't. I didn't know. Wasn't like from where I was, catch. I didn't know. Was not a catch. Right. And and a ref that had a better angle overruled the guy and right. said no. He pinned right. it against the ground. Right. And that that's great. So that's why you have officials at different angles. Right. Sometimes none of them can see it because it's a right. bang bang play. That's right. why you have you know the air judge or whatever they call it and right. replay officials. And I do like that the NFL has the assisted replay without challenges. Yeah. And that it's not has to be within the final two minutes of the half or the game. Right. I like that to happen. I, I I I'm torn on whether I want refs to stop the hurry up plays though. Like it agreed. I, I don't know like, where do if, we draw the if, line. If the ref right, if the ref was if they were doing it, like if they had sent it down and it just so happens to stop the Eagles, but I don't want it it, uh, unless you're going to change it and have it be like college where any replay can be instituted from from the booth. Right. You know, like... And maybe it, that's the way you need to go. And and, and that's fine if that's how it's going to be, but that's not how it is right now. You know, now it's kind of like in the... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that um, if they go that direction. But again, if the play on the field starts, I don't that's want it. you to run in during the play and right. blow it down. No, right. I'm no. sorry. So... No. 
what essentially would have to happen then, instead of putting the onus on the coaches to throw the flag, the right. the sky judge or field, right. whatever you call well, it, he's got to hit right. that buzzer right. and you got to stop the play before right. it happens. But then here's the thing that you know what would have happened there if they don't do it. Kyle Shanahan would have taken a timeout like they do in college football and then hope that they do it. When in reality, he could have done that because right. they say you lose your timeout. No, you don't. They stop play and you get to talk to your team for probably three minutes yeah. longer, longer than, than you than would usual. in the normal time. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, that yeah. was my argument about how, like, to me, this was a huge error by the right. 49ers coaching staff, in particular Kyle Shanahan, because you either, one, just throw the challenge because right. you see the team hurrying up, or two, you take a timeout and let your guys re- review it. Right. And then you challenge also, it. Also, and this is. This is me coming through as the Eagles fan. But, like, I was upset that they're just – Fox magically has no view of the punted football hitting the guide wire from the Fox camera that's hanging over the field. Yeah, that later. was weird. Or, or, or not hitting. You know, like, either way, but not hitting. You know, like, there's no camera angle, and they just don't even mention it. They're like, oh, yeah, everyone on the Eagles sideline at the same time, which, again – Unless they all had the script memorized, you know, like, <laughs> but like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, that set them up at like the 45 yard line, you know what I mean? Like, and they couldn't do anything with that. So the, again, the officiating was poor. I don't feel like it dictated the outcome of the game. You know what I mean? Like, no, the the thing that dictated the outcome was the, the 49ers couldn't do anything right. once they, couldn't they lost the Brock right. Purdy. And I felt so bad for Josh Johnson, who has been yes. in the league the same number of years as Chad. Yeah. This is his 15th year now. He's right. been on a ton of teams and on practice squads and in and out of the NFL. You know, he's technically the fourth guy on that roster right. because of all the other injuries to, to Lance, Garoppolo, then Purdy. But he came in and you know, whether it was rust or nerves, he just had some issues right. and I just felt so bad for him Yes, because uh, he was a guy that I was pretty high on coming out of college uh, back in 2008 and it just, it just wasn't working for him. And right. then he suffered the concussion. I, and I said immediately, I was like, oh, he, yeah. he's getting yep. evaluated for sure. Yep. And then the, they shoot the slow-mo replay and you can clearly see his, his head, head hitting the turf. So the right. I knew for right away and I was like, well, they have no other quarterback. So, right. and they, the broadcast had been talking about Kyle Jusic, Jusic, the right. fullback right. coming in. But I think technically he's listed as, as the, emergency. But, so here's the thing. And I didn't know this. A few years ago, they yeah, eliminated they how it. they have their emergency, but they eliminated it by adding another, another roster player. spot. So teams technically yeah. could bring it, but teams just don't, they don't use it. They for use the it somewhere else. Right. They right. use it for someone else. Right. Right, so Ross Tucker mentioned they're like we could see that changing, and it probably will I think change. They should. If hockey can let a guy literally come out of the stands and dress up as goalie, uh, the e bug, yes, <laughs> emergency should, backup goaltender, you should, which is an insane. That is a topic that could have its own show too. But like, I feel like they should have they have an emergency third quarterback, right? right. And and the rule be the same. Your first quarterback cannot come back in if the third quarterback. I guess it, it was always bonkers to me that the active roster is fifty three people, but they could only dress forty five and a third quarterback, or now forty six at right. any and any right. position can be that. So, so, Just think, dress all fifty three. Like I don't, yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't know. You know, I know that's a whole CBA and a negotiation thing. Right, but right, right. If you have an active roster, have them be active. Yes, like you, a lot of teams do carry three quarterbacks. Right. I, I just I don't under it doesn't have, make any sense. Basically, have no healthy scratches. Like, yeah, if you're healthy, why why you, do you, you have healthy scratches? Right, exactly. Doesn't make any sense to me. But 
Uh, over yes, were there officiating I, issues? Sure. Right. What are the solutions to them? Do you add replay for everything? I, I don't know. I feel like right. there's a slippery slope there. I, I do feel that the officials should be like that. Should be their job. Yeah. And I know there's some people that push back on that and be like, "Well, what are they going to do in the off season?" No. I don't know. Teach, Learn the playbook. Teach clinics help help at the practices. You know, like there's plenty they can do. Go, they yeah. can help at. I've, they can help at rookie things. I they feel like the billion dollar industry could figure it out. Right. So uh, that's my first suggestion, which is not a, a new one by any means, is have these guys be fully focused on NFL rulebook officiating, game and clock management. This stuff should be their main focus. And I know most of them it is, but they all usually have other part-time right. jobs. Right. It's just it's it's bonkers to me that they're not full time. That this isn't for as important as this stuff is. I just don't get. I also don't. I do not like people. And this relates more back to the Chiefs thing with Mahomes, who like people saying they should have not thrown a flag on that, which is ludicrous. Because to me, by the way, replay wouldn't have negated that. That's not something that replay would negate. I don't like when people go. Well, I wish the and this, I guess, is more of a basketball term. But I wish the refs would swallow their whistle in the final. Like, few, no, if it's a foul in the first thirty seconds, it's a foul the last thirty right. seconds. Right. That's the way fouls or penalties right. work. Right. The game situation does not dictate whether or not it's a penalty. Right. Now, there is something to say that if you are allowing a team to be aggressive at the beginning of the game, you gotta allow it at the end. And I know some people will be like, "Well, it," but it is a penalty. A lot of them are ticky tack and close. Yes, but so, it's all in how you're calling the game, right? And so and, if you're, and like you said, if it, if you're calling it, in just the first be 30 consistent. Seconds, you got to be calling it in the last thirty. Just seconds. be consistent. So if you're letting the DB and wide receiver have a little hand checking and a little pushing and shoving so in it. the first half or the first quarter, right. you better keep it that way in the third and fourth right. quarter. Just be consistent. But if you're calling things real close in the first sixty seconds, you. I want you calling it close in the last 60 seconds. Right. Don't all of a sudden claim up. That's not what I want. I want consistency. I want consistency in game and across the season. And we're not getting either of those right, right now, which is the problem. Well, I think it's hard too, because in the playoffs, they mix up the, they mix yeah, up the, the right. crews. That's what someone else said. They're like, why are they doing like quote, all-star refs? Like just because they were each good at their own job during the season. They work well together. They worked well as a group. the highest rated crews. Yeah. So, there's some things that can be adjusted. Will they do it? I have no idea. Which is why, but, like, I saw a thing today that said the ref for the the ref for the Super Bowl is one of the top three for the last two years, top three most penalty like refs. He's throwing the most flags, right? Over twelve a game. However, that's his crew. Oh, and he's not with his crew. Oh, right. So, yeah, like, I have no idea. You know, like, yeah, that yeah. that's weird to me. And I'm yes. sure that has something to do with the NFL, the ref union. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, referees union. Right. I, I, honestly, I feel like you'd want to take the the best crew, right. the be- one that works the best together. They know the feel for how everyone right. judges everything. Right. They have the best lines of communication. Right. I, I don't know why they have to feel like they have to pick the all-stars. I know that's right. seen as a reward, so, right. but reward the whole crew. So I feel like your top six crews should get the first round. And then from there, your top four crews get divisional round. Right. And then from there, if you want to say our top crew from that divisional round still gets the Super Bowl, because I think that's how it is and now. And second and third gets second the conference championship. Which right. is still weird. I, I get it if you want to do that. 
it's weird to me that you'd want to be like, yeah, our first crew, we're not going to, our best crew, we're not going to have work one of the two most important right, games of right. the season to this point. But like, whatever. Like, I, I get that. Um, yeah. But like, in the Eagles, the, the Eagles, yeah, things went against the Niners. Um, and the Eagles were able to pour it on. But part of me, like, with the injury stuff, and it was unfortunate. I felt bad for Purdy. I felt bad for Johnson just because of the way things go. But like, Kyle Shanahan, all, all we heard all week, he, he's a great. He that this scheme is going to give the Eagles all kinds of problems. This scheme is going to give all kinds of problems. You know what scheme didn't like when you decide not to block one of the best pass rushers in all of football this year, Hassan or you Reddick, block him with a tight end twice. Now, not the play that knocked out, but like two plays like after that, when the Niners got the ball back, Hassan Reddick, they don't block him again, and he hits Josh Johnson again, like. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I don't know. You have to ask the head coach of the Houston Texans. Yeah. I just. Well, I guess he's the, he was the defensive coordinator, right. offensive but, coordinator. But so still, I take like, that back. You just look at it like, and don't get me wrong. They they were, the 49ers were on a good run. But I said this to you, who had, who had they beaten? The Cowboys were the best team they had beaten. Mm-hmm. And and well, they got smoked by the Chiefs earlier this year, right? Like they they weren't like I know they're not the fire. same team, you know. Like so, that was without Purdy and McCaffrey, right? But so like I look at it, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I just, I, but yeah, you know, Brandon Ayuk says the Eagles aren't that good. So I, I know, know I saw and, that. And Jordan Love says that I know, you know anybody could coach the Eagles. So well, I like the the best thing about that is we will get to see it proved on right. the field Sunday right. night. Right. So I'm not that concerned about it. I know it'll get the fan base I, fired right, up. Right. But. And and I just I immediately went to the last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um Alvin Kamara was like the Eagles were just lucky that we no, the Eagles weren't lucky. You the Vikings were lucky because you blew it on, yeah. on one of the worst defensive plays to end the game ever. Right. Like win that game. And then you would have had a chance to to show that you could beat the Eagles. And that's kind of how I feel about the Niners. Like, all right, you, you can say the Eagles aren't that good. You, you just got smoked by them. And, yeah, you lost your quarterbacks, but you lost your quarterbacks because your offensive genius of a coach couldn't think to block the best pass rusher in the NFC. Yeah, I I, I laugh at the, the notion that, that – That's the fan. That, that's the fan. No, out, but like, I, I was – it was it was cringy people. Like, you want to say that – should the 49ers have been at full house, at least with Purdy the whole game, would it have been a better, closer game? Like, I'll right. give you that. I agree right. with that. Right. But the do Eagles, I... The Eagles still also put up 31 on Right. They and, put pulled, up, and were able to pull their starters. And I and I know, like, people were like, well, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have gotten that first touchdown because Smith didn't catch the ball. And then Josh Johnson had that, that weird fumble that right, right before right, the half right. that put him up 21 to 7. You can woulda, coulda, shoulda, or right. you know, guess what would have happened after that. From what I saw, the Eagles were the better overall team. Now, would it have been maybe a field goal or touchdown game? Maybe. Pr- probably. Right. Because you know, the 49ers were good. They were very good. They they After the first month of the season, things started to come together. And then once Purdy came in, he couldn't do anything wrong. And then an injury took him out. That's football. Right. That's unfortunate. And that is the cards that the Eagles right. were dealt. But the other thing, like I feel like people were just overlooking that the Eagles were the best team in at least the NFC the entire season. Right. And no one in the playoffs could prove 
that wrong. Now, sure, did, they had to play the Giants, who oh, well, the Giants weren't that good. Okay, what other team in the NFC right. was good? Right. You can't go into the playoffs and be like, oh, man, the NFC East is the best division in football. And then have people, and this is another thing. There's a guy, Fox Sports, right, who picked the Giants to beat the Eagles and then picks the Niners to beat the Eagles. And then this week is saying the Eagles didn't beat anybody. You picked, <laughs> picked against them, them both weeks. <laughs> like, by the way, if the Eagles win against the Chiefs, they would be only the third team ever to have 10 wins against winning teams in a, in this single season. The only other two teams to do it are early 2000 Patriots teams. So I, I don't think it's a stretch to say up to this point, the AFC has been the better conference this yeah, year. It's deeper. I, you know, I think you could probably have the Eagles at the top because they proved it by and large, especially when Hurts missed games because of injury. Right. You could see that they weren't the same, even though they don't, won one of those three Chris games. That, yeah. They won one of this, those three games. But, you know, if Hurts plays in those, they probably win one or both that they lost. Right. And now you're looking at a, what, 16-1, and 15-2 season? That's not – that doesn't happen that often. But – I feel like you probably could say the Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, they they were weird the second half of the year. At a minimum, probably maybe better than the 49ers and the Cowboys. Yeah, I I would agree Uh, with that. And and the way things went with the Bengals and Bills in the playoffs. Retroactively, I'd probably put the Bills at the same level as the Niners. Right, yeah, that was. But before that divisional round, I wouldn't have. I would have put them ahead of that. Like, I would have put them ahead, you know, and yeah. I'd put, like, th- those three in a tier with the Eagles, you know, like, and then. And we get to see the two number one seeds play each other. What a novel right. concept. Right. You uh, see the things, like, points for. Yeah, almost and identical and yeah, everything. It, yeah. yeah. What a great match. I hope for a good game. I, I don't want to see a blowout I, I either way. I hope the Eagles I know beat them like do. they do. Uh, the, the Niners, without knocking two quarterbacks out. I do not want that to happen. But if the Eagles win. 31 to 7 I'd be I'd be just fine with that. We'll preview the game next Saturday. So we're just going to wrap up the conference championships here. The Eagles have, you know, I I don't people are giving the Eagles as the best team by record in the NFL this season. They're putting a chip on their shoulder. I love it. Like it, 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 it boggles me, my mind. Reminds me of after the national championship game when when the uh <laughs> when the Georgia players were all saying you guys all thought we were going to only have five or six wins this year. And all the reporters are like, who? What had Kirby Smart? How did he get his guys to believe this? But they did. And they're like, they were like, how did Kirby Smart gaslight his players into thinking that, they, hey, that the works. media thought they were going to win five or six games this year? And that's how I feel about this. Do, you know, does it annoy me when Giants or 49ers players are on there? Yes. Do I think it actually matters? No. But do I hope that? The Eagles use this as not again. You're a professional athlete. You don't need to be hyped up for the Super Bowl. But like, get the underdog shirts out. Like, let's go. You know, like. The, well, the best thing is, I think both teams feel that way because I yes. think by and large, everyone's kind of around the league or like the. It's it's like peeking out of both sides of my mouth, saying people are doubting the Eagles, but also. Like the Chiefs are the underdogs right. because well because I don't feel it's coming from either team right you know like, it is all it, like it, outside voices right. it's, it's all like you know it's all the people who are saying oh the Chiefs only got there because the Bengals that's coming from Bengals, Bengals and fans. AFC people 
And and the NFC side is the Giants and Niners who are like, oh, the Eagles aren't that good. Like, yeah. it's not the Eagles and Chiefs like saying, oh, the other team's overrated. Everyone's doubting the two number one seeds. Like, it's just funny to me as an outsider. You know, I had a shred of hope that maybe the Dolphins could up, upset the Bills and. Uh, they weren't going to go any farther because Tua wasn't coming back. He just got cleared out of concussion <laughs> protocol now. But, uh, you know, I just was enjoying the playoffs. And we got some really good games. Got a couple duds here and there. Unfortunately, the NFC Championship was was like that for, it, for injury reasons. But uh, to me, when you look at the entire season's work, the two most deserving teams are playing in the Super Bowl. I, like, that's... Pretty much what I want. I mean, other than my team right. being there, I want to see and the two best teams playing in the Super on, Bowl. On just a, a related note to the Eagles, and we, we can talk more about this on next week's too, but like, how awesome is it? And again, I'm an Eagles fan, so it's very awesome for me. But like, to see the transformation that Jalen Hurts has made from at Alabama to like the story of, and Nick Saban talked about this this week. He went 26 and two and got benched. Right. You know? And then sticks it out because he says, I want to graduate from Alabama. Sticks it out, comes in and saves his team's butt when Tua got hurt in the conference championship game. Saves the team's butt so that they win the conference championship, but then Tua comes back and plays in the national championship. Transfers, and Saban says, I know you want to play in the NFL. You got to be a better passer. And he said, at the time, he believes the top of Jalen's list was Maryland and somewhere else because the coach at Maryland was the offensive coordinator. Locksley. Like, right. So like there were some connections there. I, well, his brother and, or, or Miami. Miami was the oh, other okay. one. And he said, no, he said, you need to go where the best players and the best passing is going to be. You need to go to Oklahoma. He said, which scared me because I didn't want to have to play him in the, in the playoff, but I knew that's what was best for Jalen. So Jalen went to Oklahoma, gets to be a better passer, comes in the league, still not a great passer, but works his butt off and has become he he's improved so much from year one to year two. And I heard a thing they said the the thing about Jalen Hurts is you feel like the way he works so hard, the way he's so involved, and not uh, not that other guys don't, but he is so clearly working towards that. Like you like you feel like he's absolutely absolutely gonna reach whatever his potential is. Like you're not gonna have any oh what if he would have done this or that. Like and it, it's awesome to see and I hope it goes well next Sunday for him. We will have plenty more about the Eagles Chiefs meeting in Super Bowl 57. The NFC is the home team, so Eagles will be in midnight green. Chiefs wearing white. Teams wearing white have won 15 of the last 18 Super Bowls, but one of those right. three We're winners are the Philadelphia Eagles in their victory over the Patriots five years ago. Putting that Billy Penn statue up. Top. So, <laughs> so something's got to give. We shall see. Will Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and company win their second Super Bowl in their third trip in four years, or will the Eagles get a second in five years under a different head coach than with Nick Sirianni? And we'll talk about the coaches, the players, the matchups, statistics. Yeah, different quarterbacks. Will both of Carson Wentz's backups (laughs) win Super Bowls? Man, how uh, Carson Wentz has fallen in in so many ways. I don't think you or I are as big of supporters anymore because he just hasn't gotten it done on the field. But don't don't want to end on on a sour down note, but um, we we do have to wrap up the show here. But that is it for episode 369 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. We will be back in one week or a little less than a week as we will do this show again on Saturday, February 11th, again, probably like mid mid to late afternoon window, and we will preview 
the Super Bowl in its entirety and talk Chiefs Eagles the entire time and uh, and then do our predictions. So it'll be interesting to see where we go. It'll see be interesting to see if Justin is team Homer or if Justin is team Hedge or, or where yeah. he lands on and, the spectrum. And you know how I pick almost everything. Yeah, so, so like you know there's a conundrum I'm for me. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, I, you surprised me though with the, the Eagles preseason stuff and maybe that's the hopeless optimism of fandom. Right. Now that we're in the thick of it and it has a Super Bowl prediction, right. if I had to guess you're going to pick Chiefs over Eagles in a very close game. That would be my guess. I don't know that I've decided yet. Well, then so. that's fine. You don't need to decide yet. We don't need to know until uh, next Saturday afternoon. So Go Birds. Uh, so uh, appreciate everyone joining in and listening live or after the fact via podcast. If you have any questions or comments for us, you know where to find us across social media. And if you don't, we're at Joe Mays and JRAF or at Joe Mays and JRAF Show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, please like and subscribe to us anywhere and everywhere. That would really help us out. And if you're listening to this on a podcatcher that allows reviews, uh, go ahead and throw a five-star review our way to help out with the algorithm and get us in front of more people. But I think that's about it. Uh, unless you have any birthday shout-outs or anything to mention. Nope. I do want to send our condolences to the Barentshausen family uh, for the passing of a uh, of a grandpa Barentshausen uh, passed away a few days ago and uh, thinking about all of them uh, at this time. Uh, Opa was great and uh, he'll be sadly missed. Yeah. But I think that is it for all of us here. We will have a show next weekend and I know there's a few other birthdays coming up in the next two weeks and we'll save that until February 11th. Again, that's when we we'll back. So, Hope everyone enjoyed the new layout. Hopefully everyone could hear and see us okay. We'll be making some tweaks over the next few weeks before we really settle in uh-huh. with the new yeah. setup. And, and don't worry. If things go well next week, uh, everyone will hear me. So, uh, <laughs> Well, we get one more show before you uh, get to celebrate or vomit oh, everywhere. Oh, so, gonna, well, you might do that either way. I was going to so. say, I'm going to live it up on Saturday's show because I don't know if I'll be crushed or elated. Well, so. Two weeks from now, we'll have a new intro. Will it fe- feature Merrill Reese again? Oh, or are we going so. back to Kansas City and celebrating a second ring for Kansas Chad Henney? I want Merrill Reese. That'll <laughs> drive your dad nuts. How about it's a Kansas City victory, but it's Merrill Reese calling the Kansas no, City that's victory. the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. Two weeks. Uh, hopefully I can have it done by then. Sometimes it takes a little longer. I got to track down the radio call. I got someone else has to upload it for me. So, all right. Well, that's it for episode 369 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. We'll be back on Saturday, February 11th for our Super Bowl preview. For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Brought to you by May's Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your emails to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.